0: Thank you for listening to the Pure Purpose Podcast. I'm Bobby Jones.
1: And I'm Beth Hobbs.
0: The only podcast where you get the tools that you need to become your true, authentic self and walk out your destiny. Oh, man. We thank you for being here with us today. Beth, how are you doing? Once again, I'm going to to ask you that every time, and you're not going to give me a different answer.
1: I am going to tell you that I'm still doing super well. Absolutely fantastic. How about yourself?
0: I love it. Um, I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. Super excited. Super excited uh to be here with you today. So gonna talk about something today. And uh this is actually a simple thing, but I don't know that, you know, sometimes we go into detail with it. So today we're gonna go into detail and that's we're gonna talk to you about getting help. Yeah. For you young generation, I know that's kind of a big that's a big um mountain to climb. It's it true. is. I, I get it a lot. A lot of kids ask me how can I ask for help without feeling judged for it? How yeah. can I ask for help without being embarrassed by it? Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to talk to you about that. And I, you know where I want to go with this, Beth. I don't necessarily think there's a one, two, three, four-step plan. No, but I do want to. If nothing else, I want to give you the overall overarching theme of asking for help, right? And getting help, and hopefully. At the end of this episode, you walk away feeling confident enough to go get the proper help that you need for what you're dealing with in your life.
1: And I think, because we talk about this all the time, because neither of us were able to deal with ourselves by ourselves. No. Neither of us were able to take our symptoms. Yeah. Like we live in community. We have to live in community, all these things. But yet, what does it mean when we say- go find someone bring someone on your right. journey like what does this mean what does this look like yes and so i mean i think it i think i would be willing to share like what it took for me
0: i would love i would love to hear that
1: and i think that will help because my friends i've done it so if i've done it you can do it too yes and let me tell you it was probably the best decision i ever made
0: best decision
1: and it's completely transformed the trajectory of my life
0: right let me let me just say something before we get into this. I wanna give you all a disclaimer. When I say ask for help, I'm not telling you to go find a hundred people to blast your business to. Right. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm not even telling you to go tell one person your business right now. Right. That's not what I'm telling you to do. Okay. What I'm gonna give you today, what we're gonna give you today, one of the things that I'm gonna give you is asking for help can only happen when you've created trust with a person. Yes. That you know is there for you, that has your best interest at heart, that has given you a space to be safe emotionally, yeah, non-judgmental space to To really, you know, say, oh, hold on, I can't hear you do that because, right? And even a person that can give you a space to externally process. Mm. Because I'm an external processor. Yeah. That's how I ask for help a lot. And so I need a safe person because there has been people in the past that has mistaken my external processing for that's actually where I'm landing in the moment. Right. And... That's not where I landed. And you're going to hear me say land where I'm landing, land there. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And what I mean by that is when I say, like, I can't let you sit in that place. Correct. Like, if you say everyone hates me, I can't let you land there. Yes. I'm not going to let you land there. We're not going to let you sit in that place because that's not true.
1: Right. You can have that experience. You can have that emotion. Right. But you don't live
0: there. You don't live there.
1: You don't land there. You, yep. keep, you may... Get hit by that gust of wind, yes, but you keep flying and you keep absolutely.
0: Moving. So hopefully after today, Beth, yeah, our listeners will have a great idea of what it means to ask for help,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how to ask for help, and where to ask for help. Yeah, that is my main goal today. Yeah. So Beth, I want you to share your experience. With I was going to say,
1: let's start with how to not ask for help.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. Take so, us home.
1: When I was 17, I moved back to the United States from Poland, and I hated it. I I hated every part of it, Bobby. I I am so passionate about the amount of emotion I felt that was horrible about this thing. I needed help.
0: Why did you hate it so much?
1: Well, okay. So,
0: How did you go from (laughs) hating it to loving Wyoming?
1: uh, uh <laughs> like seven years later you know what I yeah, mean
0: right well right. so
1: I hated it for several reasons let's just give you a picture of my emotional state at the time <laughs> so I was at like an ivy league high school in Poland and that's yeah. that's just a fact like my teachers my high school teachers were teaching concurrently at the university of Jagiellonian in Krakow mm. and like legitimately Like they were just all college teachers teaching middle and high schoolers. Yeah. So like the level of education I had was super high. So like
0: crazy standard.
1: Absolutely. Like I am so grateful for that opportunity. And I came back to the United States and I had to take freshman classes. Okay. Like freshman history and constitution and like all of these classes. And they were so boring. I bet. I was bored out of my mind. Like I legitimately was reading Victor Hugo for fun. Really? I would just do all of the assignments in the first 15 minutes of class, and then I would just read. Wow. So that was reason one. Reason two, I mean, this was just a physiological thing. Like in, in Poland, there's lots of tall buildings and tall trees, yeah. and I had a very like closed horizon out here in Wyoming. Yeah. I, I would say when we first moved here, it's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from here.
0: You can see it from here.
1: And so would I, we would be playing soccer, and as long as I was facing the mountain, I would be okay. But w- I would turn to run towards the yeah. endless open plain, and just poof, anxiety. I felt like a tiny mouse, and like a uh, hawk was just going to snatch yeah, me up.
0: I get that.
1: Plus, so these kids at this really fancy school I went to, we our discussions, our like concern was global citizenship we were like really invested in stuff like the refugee crisis and all of these things. And that was like our modus operandum. Like that was like the condition I was in and I come here and the kids
0: materialistic stuff,
1: they were mad that they had smudged their shoes and I cannot even express (laughs) to you the amount of rage. Especially that tiny, un, yeah. like, like unhinged Beth <laughs> yeah. felt at going from like caring about like the literal lives and right. biological warfare and like all of this stuff, yeah. like this, like really heavy, like global level thinking to right. My shoes are smudged. My
0: shoes are smudged. Wow. Yeah. That's a bi- That is a big culture change.
1: I hated it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. So okay. So that, that 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 helps me out. Yeah. So how how do you not ask for help?
1: So what I did in that time was I lashed out at everyone. Anytime okay. anyone would try to talk to me, I would shoot them down. I would say, I don't want you to be a part of my life. I don't want this life to be a part of mine. I yeah. don't want to have anything to do with anyone.
0: Was that a, was that a very fruitful life in a good way? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the symptoms I experienced that year were insane amounts of depression and anxiety and general just like... Total rage.
0: Reason why I asked you that is because I have a lot of kids that isolate. Yeah. And leave me alone, leave, leave me alone. So if you're struggling with depression and being angry about things, I would have to venture out you're probably isolating yourself and you're probably having a, a cr- but okay, so there's a few things that I want to I, I wanna I want you to get here. I have so many spinoff. I hear <laughs> I hear this, and it's like Beth, what does that do for your mindset it, when you're in that
1: place? When okay.
0: The so, doom and gloom. The
1: doom and gloom. I have never been more suicidal in my life. Oh, wow. Than I was that year. That year. And this was really bad because I am intellectual. And so I could think through this whole process. And I was like, of I see exactly what's happening here. I'm yeah. undergoing this like incredible transition. Yeah. And it's so dramatic for me. Yeah. Because I'm going mm. from such a different culture and I knew it was culture shock and I knew all of these things. And yet I was still experiencing these emotions Yeah, and I was experiencing like, God, I wish I didn't exist. Mm. I wanted nothing more than to just be blipped out of existence, not to die necessarily, which is, Honest, and this is me just being straight up honest. This is probably why I never tried to kill myself because I didn't want to die. Right, but I just didn't want to exist. I hated existence with a burning passion. Existence was the bane mm. of my existence. I was so resentful, yeah, about being alive.
0: So, if you could have changed your identity, you probably would have. Yeah, would that have helped you? Do you think in that moment, with because because when yes. you say they don't exist, that doesn't make sense to me, right? Yeah. Like, so is the thing, no, I'm not going (laughs) to, trust me, I I will be honest with you. There was a time in my life years ago when I was in my mess Mm -hmm. where I strongly considered changing my identity. Mm. I strongly considered trying to find someone that could give me a whole new identity. And this is no lie. Mm. I am being honest. Now, how, I I wouldn't have been able to probably pull it off. Back then I had no money. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it, but yeah. I'll be honest with you, it has crossed my mind where I wanted to change my whole identity and start over. Yeah, um, but that ended up happening anyway
1: right. <laughs> right,
0: when meeting Jesus. But yeah, um, so anyways,
1: well, and the other thing that like the point of this yeah. for me was my parents tried really hard to help me. My youth pastor tried really hard to help me. My teacher and even like some of the kids around me tried yeah. really hard to help me. Yeah, and. I did not accept any of their help. Yeah. So, I rejected it. So uh, how to not ask for yeah. help is to reject everyone who comes tries to come close to you.
0: That's, that's exactly the thought I just had when you were saying that I knew that's what you were going to say. And we didn't talk about this before. Right? I knew that's exactly what you are going to say. Yes, rejecting help is one of the biggest ways that you shouldn't ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then you'll never get it. Yeah. So that's that's great. Keep going.
1: Yeah, so my so the all of these people are trying to help me and I didn't want I didn't want it. I yep. didn't want to be seen. I didn't want I didn't want help. I needed help. I acknowledge this. You needed it. And what I needed, I was so I was like really hung up on this whole existence thing. Yeah. I really resented existing. Mm. I was like god, how dare you make me. If right. you're just going to put me through all of this pain. And what I needed was I needed someone to, who could listen to me yes, and who could combat my intellectualism. Mm. I needed someone who could explain to me that my faith meant something and it wasn't yeah. just hokey and it wasn't just fake and it wasn't just religion, but that yeah. there was yeah. a God out there and that he was able to help me even though I was not able to accept him at that point. That's the help I needed. Yeah. I desperately needed someone who could meet me where I was at. Mm. But the thing was. Meet me
0: where I was at.
1: It, that's exactly it. So my mom tried so hard to help me, but she could not meet me where I was at. Yeah. Because she was experiencing my, my anger and my depression and my suicidal ideation. Right. From her own history. Right. And my mom had like. When she was my age at that time, yeah. she had gone through incredible amounts of tragedy and sorrow. Mm. And so she was not in that time able to meet me there because she had already processed through all of her tragedy. And so she was approaching me from her being complete and like having wholeness.
0: On the other side. On the other side. On the other side.
1: And she couldn't bring me up with her.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you somewhere in this. Do it. Okay because uh, that's very true what happens when you get to the other side of something you're dealing with and now someone else is going through that and they ask you for the same exact help that you just got from from your situation right i'm throwing that at you
1: so i because of that experience now have like my approach to helping people is 100% just trying to meet them where they're at. Yes. Because that's what I needed. And I realized that in some ways just meeting someone where they're at is an incomplete help. Yes. But yet it was the one thing I needed. Yeah. And I don't come I and I've learned over time, but I don't come at helping people from the perspective of you have to get where I am. It's more. You have your own journey. You have your own place. You have your own things that you have to go through. And I will be here with you.
0: Absolutely, and and that perfect. Let me let me jump in here with this because I love it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like I love that you said that because yes, when we get to the other side, we can approach. We can approach people. It's almost like if I'm sitting up on the balcony. I can't reach my hand down and pull them up. They're they're down there further. Right. Right. I'm gonna need to put a ladder up there, or mm-hmm. better yet, just show them the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> or the elevator to come up and where I'm at. Right. And so approaching something. So when you, so which brings us to our next point. Okay. I'm gonna say this: ask for help with people that are gonna meet you where you're at.
1: And you will know those people because they're already going to be meeting you.
0: They're already going to at. be meeting you where you're at. They're and, not, so, yeah.
1: and so you talk earlier about how you have to like, you build trust with people and you find out who you can trust. And yes. this is one of the ways young people is that you find people who will meet you where you are at. Where you're at. And not that they won't or they can't encourage you and bring you up and bring you out. Yeah. But just that. You have to be able, one, to accept yourself where you're at. Like, you have to be yes. able to admit, I need help. Right. And two, then you have to be able to accept it. You can't isolate. <laughs> you can't just push everyone so away. Good. Like, you're not going to, if you need help, yeah. if you've acknowledged that you need help, mm. then you have to accept it.
0: Yeah. And so, let me just, let me say a couple things here. One of the first things I want to say about this is, is oh, one of the things is you're going to see is someone that will meet you where you're at. They're going to have a heart of compassion. Yeah. They're going to have compassion. They're going to, they're going to show you grace. They're going to be in a place where you, they will extend safety to you. Right. Okay. Let me tell you something about asking for help, though. Okay. What? No matter what, who it is, they can't help you with. It's this. You have to get over the lie that if you ask for help, people will judge you and people will be you'll be embarrassed. It'll be embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Now, does that happen? Yes. But let me, let me expose those other people quick. If they're judging you or they make you feel shame for it, it's because they have the same type of issues or different issues that they're too afraid to ask for help for. Right. And they're mad that you did or they're insecure that you did. That's probably the better word, not mad, but insecure that you Mm -hmm. did. Okay. So, there's one thing that we can't help you with, and you have to get over this stigma that if I ask for help, I'm gonna be judged. If I ask for help, people are gonna make me feel like it's embarrassing. Right? I can't help you with that. Yeah, Beth, you can't help them with that. No. The only thing that I can do is if you come to me for help, is I can extend where you're at, meeting you there. I can extend that to you, compassion, yeah. grace, mm-hmm. and in all the above to say, hey. This is a place where if you want the help, it's here. And then from there, you have to decide if you're going to take it. Yeah. But on top of that, not only that, you have to decide that you're willing to do the work necessary to get that help into application of your life.
1: Yeah. And the reality is, is that most of the time we wait until it's too painful to not change.
0: Mm, Yes. Let's go here. Keep going.
1: And I think I heard this idea from Stephen Furtick first. So if, if you want to look him up and see more about this, but the idea is that you will continue in what's most comfortable to you until it is too painful for what you've been doing. Yeah. And it's only at that point of it being too painful that you will decide to change, that you will decide to get help, that you will decide right. to do these things. Right. And we call that rock bottom. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, young person, you don't have to wait until rock bottom to no. make change.
0: No, you don't
1: you can decide you that's in your circle of responsibility. You have the power to make that decision that if you want to change, you don't have to wait until it's too painful for you to not. Right. And that's what I did is I just like sat in that pain and I sat in that sorrow and I sat in that and I, until it was too painful for me to manage by myself anymore.
0: Beth, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's the, what was the ripple effect? How many years
1: did I lose to that, <laughs> to, to Did, that move? Just
0: that it affected you. Like not yeah. necessarily, but how many, give me, give me a rough estimate and you don't have to go into too much mm. detail, but, but give me a, give me an estimate of the ripple effect of you waiting till it hurts so bad that you came to your breaking point.
1: So I was 17 when I started experiencing okay. this Okay, and I don't think that I like fully came out of it until I was 22. How old are you now? Twenty
0: six. Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Five years.
1: It was five years. Five years. That it took before from like walking into it to walking all the way out of it. Wow. And I mean, I still, I still experience days where I'm mm-hmm. like, huh. We all do. I am experiencing the comfort of depression because it was comfortable because I was in it for so long. That's all you knew. That's all I knew.
0: Became your binky. It did. <laughs> That's what happens too. When when yep. when. When you sit in something so long, it becomes your binky. Like, it you does. know how a kid has to have that comforting thing. Yep. Um, I, I think my, my brother and his family, his wife, and I think they call it a lovey mm. and they, they all had it. There's mm-hmm. three of them. They've all had it. And it's this little like blanket, but it's not big. It's like a little square piece yep. and it's their lovey yep. and they had to have it for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, kids right babies have that um but that's what your pain becomes yeah. when it becomes to your when you get to your breaking point it becomes your lovey yep. and or your binky yep quote unquote your pacifier that you need yep. because it's so comfortable there that you don't know anything else and right. anything else you wouldn't be un- you wouldn't be comfortable in
1: yep yep and so then the only way to get rid of it is to reach a point where it's more painful to keep the love to, lovey, keep, to keep the binky. Yes. And then, and then, and only then are you willing to part with it. But I'm telling you, young person, it's not embarrassing to ask for help if you need no, help. No. It's not a shame. You don't have to do this by yourself. And anyone you who can't. tells you that is a liar.
0: You can't do it by yourself.
1: Yeah. For real.
0: No, I love that. And, and that's just, it's, it's so, so no. The first thing that you have to do when you're asking for help is not reject the help. Yep. Okay. That's the first thing. The second thing that you have to do, and and, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of process, is the second thing that you have to do is you have to find someone that will meet you where you're at. Yep. Compassionate, big-hearted, loving, graceful, gives you a safe place emotionally, so that means they're to the other side, but right. they can also go there with you, okay? Different things like that. That's that's one thing. And then the last thing that you have to do is you have to get to a place where, I wouldn't even say it's rock bottom. I would say you have to get to a place where it's more of an understanding mm-hmm. that the pain of this long term is going to cost you more yep. than the pain of this, of getting rid of it right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things in asking for help. And then- Let's debunk the myth that it's not wrong. Yeah. You it's not a shame thing. It's not a judgmental thing. And if someone's judging, it's it's because they don't know how to ask for help themselves. Typically, yeah. And so let's debunk that myth right now. And so that's where we gotta get to. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Beth, do you have any parting thoughts on that before we head out?
1: Let me. So the rest of my story, I started getting professional counseling. Okay, and it didn't help.
0: Okay, wow. So I
1: asked for help. I went to a professional counselor, and it didn't help. Mm. And I can't tell you why it didn't help. And I, but what did help is I started. I made friends. I let people in. I yeah. let people meet me where I was at. Yeah. And I let people love me, even though I felt unlovable and even though I hated yeah. my very existence and I felt like a burden. And I let them in. Yeah. And I did it very poorly, I will at say. At first, probably, oh, yeah. because
0: you didn't know it's something new.
1: But the longer I did it and the more I did it, the more I started taking on behaviors of someone who was healthy. Yes. Even if I didn't feel healthy. Yes. The more healthy I started to be. Yeah. And the less depressed and the less yeah. anxious and the less angry about being yeah. in this place. Yeah. And it's, good. it's not a time heals all wounds thing because no, I don't think time does. It does. But yet at the same time, by giving myself and by allowing others to help me and by inviting others into my journey. Yeah. And letting them meet me where I was at, and doing it consistently over time. I was able to relearn how to be. Yes. And so So from that, like I no longer suffer the symptoms of suicidal ideation. I no longer suffer the symptoms of depression. I no longer question the things about my existence or about my life that were causing me so much pain when I moved here. Absolutely. So. I
0: love that.
1: You want to know about how to get help. Give yourself permission
0: Give yourself permission to do it to and take
1: responsibility and start like, don't let yourself reach that yeah. rock bottom. You don't have to.
0: And let me, let me say this too, because you don't want to go to a person that is, they're battling the same thing you are. Right. Don't go to those people. Y'all like I, get rid of that idea. Now it's, it's not going to work well. It, right. it it'll it'll end up being really really disastrous
1: and you can ask people specifically for the things that you need like if you need them to meet you where you're at yeah. or if you need them to meet you with compassion yeah. or if you need them to just listen to you yeah. you can ask for those things and if the people that you ask those things of can't, can't give do that it, to then you
0: then th- you know they're not the ones
1: and you don't want to and you don't need to receive help from them
0: yeah it, the, you know they're not the ones and yeah. and ultimately here's what it comes down to it's finding that person that has what you want And asking if they'll give you some of that. right? That's how you go after the help. Mm -hmm. We love you all. Thankful that you're here with us. Honestly, so excited to be on this journey with you and walk with you through this. We know that you can do hard things. You are capable. You are strong, and you're going to do it. And when you do it, other people are going to say, how did you do it, and where can I get it? Yeah. We'll see you next time. Again, we love being here with you. We love you listening and tuning in. We want to hear from you. So we have an email, PeerPurposePodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know where you're listening from and just if you have any questions, we may even turn them into episode content. We just love you. We're with you. We want you to know that there's so much gold inside of you. There's so much greatness inside of you and it's all going to come out and we're here for you. That's all I got for you. See you next time.
1: Peace be with you.